Hi. Hey. Welcome to the Dork's Deduction with Matthew and Tarmim. We're actually introducing ourselves this time. Yes, and I'm doing it very robotically. Have you noticed? Yes. Yes. You should try and be professional for once. And they all sound like <laughs> this on the television. They have bloody regional accents now. So. Yeah, I know. It's a bit weird, isn't it? So should we put some accents on? Like, what regional accents can I do? Try doing West Country. I don't know what that sounds like. Well, you sound a bit like a farmer, really. Oh, like those, like the people that come from Bristol. Yeah, Bristol. Oh, okay. How do I do that? Uh, give me something to say. Hello and welcome to the Doc's Deduction with Tarman and Matthew. The best thing you probably do is um, shag your cousin or something like that. Uh, this is a podcast, though. Yeah, that's I don't Welsh. know what accent I'm doing now. That's Welsh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> how can I how can I express that I'm shagging my cousin? Good point actually. I'm not I'm not sure we should go there. Yeah, because uh, first of all, don't want to shag you and even if I did, you're not my cousin. Yeah. Because you're of the white persuasion and I'm of the brown. Really? I I have not noticed that one yet. Well, if you hadn't noticed, Matt, this is a podcast, right? So they can't see us. Yeah. So we have to keep reinforcing the point for new listeners. Oh yeah. We're like I was going to say ebony and ivory, but I'm not ebony. Am I ivory? I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah you're, you're ivory, but I'm not ebony. <sighs> ivory and caramel, living in perfect harmony, even though we always argue. But that's where oh. the entertainment comes from. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder didn't do that song, did he? Ebony and Ivory, I'm sure that was him. I thought it was like a duo. Yeah, it was, it was Stevie Wonder and uh, Paul McCartney. Oh, Okay. I knew Stevie Wonder was in there somewhere. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, are you Googling? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So I don't need to Google. I was about to Google. Yeah, Stevie Wonder. Oh, okay then. The blind dude. Was he blind from birth, do you think? It wouldn't surprise me if he was, maybe. Because I don't ever remember him not being blind. But then, but then he's been around a lot longer than me. Stevie Wonder was blind when he first started out as a singer, so... And that was way before my birth. Yeah, that was like the early 70s, I think. Yeah, Even so way before 60s. my birth. That's like a lifetime between my birth. No, maybe not a lifetime. On Wikipedia it says he's been active um, singing since 1961, so... Fuck my life, man. He's, yeah, he's a child prodigy, apparently. Long time, man. Yeah. Great singer, though. Yeah, um, I wasn't a child anything. Yeah, he was born um, six weeks premature, and that's kind of eventually, I think, what led to him being blind. Ah, uh, okay. His retinas did not detach. Ah, uh, okay. If you want it medically. Um, I, d- I d- didn't need the detail. Just asked a simple question. Oh, has he been blind since birth or not? He gave me his history in a few sentences. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I like to educate, you know. Yeah. Do you want to know what I watched today? Because I had the day off. Uh, what did you watch? Oh, oh, I think I know. That time programme. What time programme? No, that's finished. Oh, no. Well, no, it's finished. Well, it's probably going to be over for good, but that season one is finished. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I watched Kong. Kong? Skull Island. The King Kong movie. Oh, the new one? Yeah, the new one. How is it? I wanted to, like, go onto island and punch something after watching it. 
and like, I convinced myself I was going to become a anti-war photojournalist and like hit the gym and become fit enough to explore the art and like an undiscovered island. And like, there's only it only takes twenty minutes for me to get home from the cinema. Yeah. In that twenty minutes, I convinced myself, oh, I'll just buy the DVD instead of doing that. Yeah. Rather than actually putting effort into it. I'll just watch other people do it. Yeah, because to be fair, you have to go to war zones if you want to be a war journalist. No, anti-war journalist. Anti-war. That means I'll just take pictures of pigeons or something. What? <laughs> you have to do... <laughs> yeah, because uh, pigeons are the epitome of the anti-war movement. <laughs> There's a lot of wars going on right now, man. What, with pigeons? Uh, just in general. I mean, we're all descending into civil war anyway. To be fair, they did use the pigeons in World War Two. How? Messengers. They used uh, to send messages from pigeons. I bet they were shit, though. Well, they were per- per- quite good. They got a load of medals, <laughs> apparently. Oh, the, the pigeons. I'm sure they appreciated that. Yeah, possibly. Pos- pos- I can't say that word. Um, but, yeah. Anyway. After they were dead. King Kong was fucking ginormous, and apparently he's still going to grow even more. He's meant to be ginormous, isn't no, he? No, no, like, so, so big. Like, huge. Like, jumping from mountains to mountains, huge. Ah, uh. And he's going to get bigger. And they're going to do a movie when, where him and Godzilla fight. Ooh. Because what is, is King Kong? He's a... Uh... He's like a massive gorilla. The gorillas live on mountains? No, it's on an island, but there's mountains on the island. Mm. Or, or very, very big hills. Yeah. Not very accurate, though. He was huge. He was taller than the helicopters that wow. were in the air. That, that is massive. The woman looked so small in his hand. Mm. And, like, he tore up these helicopters like they were toys like like they were flimsy plastic cups yeah wouldn't wouldn't pretty much everything look tiny in his hand yeah but then he got into fisticuffs with like other massive creatures yeah basically i like watching big shit fight i realize that i like watching <laughs> like cgi wrestling like i like pacific rim because the jaegers and the kaiju's just going at it and they're just killing each other yeah Wow. I'm like a boy. Yeah. So is Godzilla coming back? Well, yeah, they did a Godzilla movie a couple of years ago. Did they? Oh, it's it's nice they keep up with these things. <laughs> uh, you don't know anything about anything mainstream. Not really. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes I watch those small movies before you do. Yeah, you do, you do. So basically you're just slow in everything. Yeah, I, I have been told that many times. <sighs> What is the point of you? Um, just art. I'm, I'm a work of art, really. <laughs> what? <laughs> ah, uh, I wanted to carry on, but my throat was hurting me. I, I was being deadly serious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you made it funny. Yeah. So that That's not going in the outtakes, though, is it? No. There was, like, a massive sword type thing. You know, like, those Japanese swords? Mm-hmm. Like they're like samurai swords. There was like poison gas, and he was slaying like these bat kind of things with the sword, wearing a gas mask. It was so fucking cool. Oh wow! I think you'd actually appreciate it because it was so beautiful. Because it was shot on like location, mm. and the island was beautiful. Yeah, like, I want to go beautiful. to all these places now. Mm. I like the, the less than perfect cities sometimes. Yeah, I know, but we live there. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd, you know, islands are all right. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the sea. 
to be yeah. honest. If it wasn't for the fact that these things might want to eat me, I'd probably like to go to Skull Island. Where is Skull Island? I didn't know. It's an uncharted territory. They weren't that specific Ooh. about it. They, maybe they were, and I didn't pay that much attention to where it was, but it hadn't been discovered Except ah. someone had discovered it, which is why they had satellite pictures. So you were paying more attention to the fighting, really? Hey, yeah. I paid attention to all of it. Yeah, but you just said you weren't aware of... Well, I don't think they mentioned it, where it actually was. Mm. I don't remember them mentioning it where it actually was. See. But I know they said something about the Russians might discover it soon. Ooh, Ooh. Putin. Putin. Mm-hmm. Well, it was set in 1973. Putin is a young person then. Was he still in power? He wasn't still in power he was in, in 1973. He was probably in the KGB at that yeah, point. Yeah, someone else would have been in power. That was ages ago, 1973. It was before my birth. Wow, that's I mean, Stevie blind. Wonder was kicking, as we all know, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he, he was blind at that point. Yeah, he was. He hadn't yeah, gone yeah. through that yet. <laughs> anyway. We, uh, we should probably have a little uh, musical interlude right now, shouldn't we? The music in Skull Island was actually fantabulous as well. What kind of I think music? you'd like it. Because it was a very 70s feel. Ooh, I, I do like 70s. Yeah. I like porn music. <laughs> <laughs> Is Deep Throat the only 70s movie you've ever watched? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I've never actually watched Deep Throat. I, no, I, I've not watched it either, actually, to be honest. I don't really want to watch it either. I've got a pretty good idea of what it's yeah, about. Yeah, no, I th- I'm pretty sure I know what it's about as well, <laughs> so... Yeah, let's just do the music, and then we could maybe try and get this thing on track. Yeah. So, Tarman, please play the music. Welcome to the Dorks Deduction Podcast, where we talk about stuff. Hi. 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 Welcome back, listeners, where we are continuing doing this, well, BBC voice. Yeah. Yes. We have to be respectful, yes. <laughs> and I don't know if this is pre-Watershed or not, so we can't swear. No, it's not, because it's not nine o'clock yet. It's, it's not nine o'clock for us, but it yeah. might be for the people that are actually listening. Yeah, um, you know, it's very offensive. It's very, very offensive. Could be children listening to the podcast. Yes, even though it says explicit. And we're very explicit, usually. We're always explicit. We're a bit, little too bit explicit. Yes, every other word out of my mouth is fuck. Oh, I just said it. Oh, that's awful, Tarmin. Oh, God, we're going to get complaints from Ofcom. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Perhaps we should say Russell Brand slept with someone's granddaughter. That makes it all better. Russell Brand slept with Larry Lamb's granddaughter. Oh. I don't know if Larry Lamb is a uh, national treasure or if he has a granddaughter, but I'm just saying this to distract people from us. Because it's so easy to hate Russell Brand sometimes, because he is not a friend of the system. No, he's not. He's an anarchist. Oh, awful. Bloody awful. Bloody awful. But he seems to be giving in to conventions because he got someone pregnant and now he's actually marrying her. Oh. Oh. That's the good old days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we doing this? Yeah. (laughs) We really should go back to the 1950s, you know. The 1950s. Or maybe we should go back to the 1600s. I feel like we'd probably be more at home there, even though I'd be getting lashings and be a slave. Probably. Mm. Or just be outright murdered for being in England. True. But I was part of the colony, I guess. Yes. But I would have been brought over. Yes. Um, no deep like throat, a, though, a, in the 1600s. Pardon? 
No deep throat in the 1600s. How do we know? People just started talking about it in the 70s. It doesn't mean that's when it was invented. I mean the film, not the uh, uh, right. Not there the was no film at all act. in the 1600s. No, no. What did people do for entertainment, Matthew? Charades. Charades? Good old ah. charades. Right. Last time I time travel, I went to see the Grand Old Opera. Oh, oh, Segway. Segway? Yes, can we stop talking like this soon? <laughs> I really hope we can. I, I've got to start doing my French accent soon. So uh, please really do the French help. accent. Yes. So, sh- shall I mention who we're doing this podcast on? Oh, uh, please do. Reading. Please yeah. do, darling. Please do. Yes. Well, this podcast is going to be about Julie de Orbne. De Orbne. De Orbne. Surely in France they call her Julie. Uh, maybe Julie. De Julie de Orbne. If you want. The classic French accents back. <laughs> yes, you are doing the French people episode. Yes. When when the French hear this podcast, they're just like, wow, you know, that is so realistic. When the French hear this podcast, they're just like, I hope Brexit goes through. Yes, yes. Get rid of those accents. Yes. They don't need to hear them. They do not. Yes, they're awful. I can't stop this. You really should try, Tom. I, I will try. You carry on. Tell it okay. Well, Julie de Orbney was a 17th century swordswoman, an opera star. She was viewed as being the quintessential swashbuckling romantic cavalier. She was quite tall and apparently, according to many at the time, very handsome. Tall is objective because that, well, people have gotten taller as like the mm. years have gotten on, grown, gone on. Tall, tall back then wouldn't be that tall. Uh, yes, but she was, um, she was quite tall for her age i guess for the time for the for the age rather yeah. than her actual age that makes more sense yes but she was also um she had a very adventurous spirit as we should find out she also excelled as an opera star where she performed at some of the most famous venues of her day so she's quite an interesting character i think we shall find all right yeah yes yes okay we shall begin with a little bit of backstory for tarman Yes, because I know nothing. Yes. Well, Julie, or Julie, was born the daughter of a lower French aristocrat. He was the master of the horse to King Louis XIV. He's sort of noble, right? Yeah, he's not, like, hugely important, but he is important. Um, There would have been a bit of status. Now, Julie's father was quite good in the sense that he believed education was not just the reserve of the sons, um, but it was also you know, for daughters as well. So Julie received quite a considerable education. She was trained to read, uh, write, dance, draw, but most importantly, to fence. And in her youth, she began an affair with one of her father's employees, uh, the Comte de Armagnac, or Armanac, I think that is. I don't think they pronounce the G. Armanac. That's better, yeah. Armanac. Armanac, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure... That's, they don't really pronounce the G if it's before the N. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Maybe we're wrong. Yeah, I did hear it pronounced, but I didn't quite catch it. It's <sighs> so bad. Yeah. Through the Comte, uh, she was introduced to the court of King Louis the Fourteenth. Are you saying Comte? Comte, yeah. I thought it was Count. No, oh. the French say it differently. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I thought we were in England, but okay. No, we're in France. Oh, are we? I didn't yeah. realise we'd taken the door to on the road. Yes, yes. Look out the window, Tom. It's bloody Oh, France, look, there's though. the Eiffel Tower. 
How did I miss that? Yeah. Mm. I slept the whole journey. I just thought we were going into London. Yeah, I drugged you. Ah, okay, that makes uh, that's sense. slightly sinister, so we'll move on. Um, <laughs> the affair um, was somewhat rather scandalous. And what was also quite scandalous was her penchant for dressing up in male clothing. And as a result of this kind of scandalous nature, she was set up with a marriage with Monsieur Morpin. And this arranged man- marriage... Did you say Monsieur Morpin? Monsieur Okay. Morpin. This arranged marriage was quite convenient, uh, both for the Comte and Julie, because it allowed them to continue the affair um, while giving... Julia, a degree of respectability, I guess. However, it did not long last long, and after a year, the Comte decided to end the affair. And in doing so, he decided to send Julia and her husband away to a distant province in France. However, this is not what Julie particularly wanted to do. And so she decided to remain in Paris, where she pretty much did what she pleased, or did as she pleased. This involved uh, frequent altercations with shopkeepers, dueling with many young aristocrats. Legend has it that she never lost any of these duels as well. She also started an affair with a trainer named Seren, and uh, it's together with Seren that she gave dueling exhibitions. And at these exhibitions, D'Aubney often dressed in male clothing, although she never actually hid the fact that she was a woman, which apparently, according to people at the time, added to the popularity of these shows. However, this is quite a dangerous world to live in. And as some of these duels were illegal, and in one duel, Seren killed a man, and the pair fell afoul to law. And one man in particular, Nicholas Gabriel de la Reine, uh, he was the lieutenant general of the police and was widely regarded as one of the first modern policemen due to his professionalising of the Paris police force. So he's quite a serious threat to them. So they had to flee Paris for Marseille and Rainey was in pursuit and they fled basically to avoid a trial that Seren would have been put on. And in Marseille, the pair had to support themselves and it was while here that Albany decided to join the musical academy owned by Pierre Gautier. 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 Why, why was that so difficult for you to say? Go, yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking. Yeah. You know, you have to pause to say these names. Yeah, go, T, A. Go, yay. Go, yay. Yeah. I'm so glad all these people are dead so they can't actually criticise us. And sue and whatever. I don't think they could sue us for getting their names wrong. Yeah, I think they can. Well, that means I could have sued so many people. They're rich. They're aristocrats they could have sued us i could get legal aid mm. actually i don't know how legal aid works so that's I, drink, i've watched it? lawyer shows i could write something yeah i'm sure you could you can't even say anything let alone write something <laughs> yeah um but unfortunately julie and seren drifted apart and julie began an affair with an unknown woman Ooh, scandalous yes yes this is very scandalous and uh the parents of the uh, unknown woman were not best pleased, so they sent the young woman to a convent. Um, this did not deter Julie, and she came up with a cunning plan, uh, which involved signing up to be a novice at the same convent, <laughs> and while she was there, she decided to hatch a plan that would allow the pair to escape. This involved stealing the dead body of a nun and placing it in the bed of her lover, and then setting the convent on fire. What the fuck? Yeah, she was quite dedicated to this unknown woman. She, uh, she, uh, she is, I think. 
because there's further stuff later on. Oh. I think proves your point. Um, she and her lover escaped. Um, however, the relationship lasted just three months um, before the woman decided to return to her parents. So not necessarily all that worth it. But her parents I mean. took her back. That's a bit odd. Yeah, yeah. I suppose they might do in those days. They'd be a bit forgiving. They just try and ignore it. I think. Okay. Yeah. I and I get the picture that this Julie's probably she might have been great to be with like for a little while, but they get she sounds a bit restless. Yeah, she's probably exciting, but you know you need stability if you're going to be in a relationship. Yeah, her exploits at the convent though had left her in somewhat difficulty because she once again uh, was in trouble with the law and she was tried um, although she was actually absent um, but she was tried as a man for some reason she was tried for kidnapping body snatching and arson and she was uh, sentenced to death by fire although by this point she had fled from Marseille back to Paris even though she was on the run in Paris yeah but that somehow got smoothed over what happened there was the, the Comte, the uh, guy who we talked about before, she reconnected with him and persuaded him to talk to the king and get all her legal troubles kind of sorted. So She's a smooth talker. Yeah, having friends in high places. I wonder what her dad thinks of her. I'm not sure he would have necessarily liked the scandal, but I don't think he would have minded in some way. I think he would have been proud of her sword fighting. And what was her husband doing all this time, I mean? He was in some province. Yeah, but he's drag she's dragging his name into the gutter. True. Because she's morping now. She's not Dobney. Yeah. I don't know. Here it says that she returned to Paris under the pseudonym of Madame Morpin. I don't know whether she'd gone back to using D'Orbney while she was in Marseille, so I'm not sure. I doubt she'd be able to use either name if she's on the run. Yeah. Back in Paris, she decided she wanted to establish herself as an opera star. She already had a bit of a career as an opera singer. She's already slightly well known, but she wanted to perform at the Paris Opera, which was one of the big sensations at the time, I think. She got rejected at first, though. So she had to wait a little bit and for a little while she kind of just drifted around uh, some French cities and towns earning money through her opera singing and duelling, either for money or for show. But eventually she decided to settle in Paris and as I said she was rejected for the Paris opera but she convinced one of her friends to talk to the boss of the uh, Paris opera to let her in. And she started performing quite regularly. She performed as a, firstly as a soprano and then as a natural contralto range, which I know lots about, I can assure you. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, one person described her as having the most beautiful voice in the world. So, you know, that's not too bad. She's very talented. Yeah, I, I, I hear the same thing. <laughs> and in Paris and later in Brussels, um, as I said, she was performed under the name Mademoiselle de Morpin. Mademoiselle. Yeah, you were called uh, Mademoiselle. My God, why can't you say Monsieur and Mademoiselle? Mademoiselle. Okay. What's wrong with that? Mademoiselle. I, I heard it differently. Okay. You yeah. couldn't say Monsieur either. You were just like Monsieur. Monsieur. <laughs> Monsieur. Monsieur. <laughs> Monsieur. Mademoiselle yeah. de Morpin. Anyway, you were addressed as that whether you were married or not, apparently. So it didn't matter that the fact. I don't think she was married anymore. Well, actually, no, divorces existed then, but it depended on religion, right? Yeah, France is quite a Catholic country, though, so... Yeah. 
But she didn't exactly care about what people thought of her. Yeah, it was a marriage of convenience. She was known for being quite a good actress, apparently. And she also had an androgynous appearance. Androgynous. Androgynous. She became quite popular with the audience. And the only problem she had was her relationships with fellow actors and actresses was a bit tempestuous. She once beat a fellow singer because he was pestering the women members of the troupe. That makes sense. Yeah, and she had um, a legendary duel of wits with another singer. And uh, she also fell in love with Fanshawn, or Fashawn Morrow, uh, who was another singer, who was the mistress of the Grand Dauphine, and tried to commit suicide when she was rejected. So that's what I was talking about when she seems a bit... Jesus Christ. ...obsessive. Yeah, her opera singing career was interrupted a little bit, in 1695, when she kissed a young woman at a society ball. And uh, she was challenged to duels by three different noblemen. While she beat them all, she then fell afoul of the king's law that forbade duels in Paris. So she was once again on the run. This time she fled to Brussels, where she waited for calmer times. Here she was also the mistress of Maximilian II. Maximilian. He was the elector of Bavaria. And while in Brussels, she appeared at the Opera du Croix or Form. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's do more of these. These bloody words. Jesus. I haven't even Googled or anything, researched any of this yet. I know when you're wrong. Yeah. She was there from uh, November 1697 to July 1698. But she once again was allowed to return to the Paris Opera. But she and a friend um, were in trouble. Now, this is quite an interesting story about uh, the, uh, what her friend was someone she'd actually uh, stabbed in the shoulder during a duel. But they kind of actually became friends somehow afterwards. And lovers. Yeah, and lovers. So that's, um, that's quite something. So she was obviously, I think she's quite charismatic. So ladies, if you think a guy out there looks pretty fine, just stab him in the shoulder and then he's yours. Yeah. It works. Yeah. If you don't get charges pressed against you, yeah. you've got It works. Yeah. Just say you're sorry, visit him on his like sick bed and, you know, play nurse. Yeah. He was in trouble because he'd been in a fatal duel where he killed someone and she was in trouble for beating up her landlord. Yeah, so <laughs> she really does sound quite character. Like I was thinking, if she, like someone did that today, you just get called a yob, basically. Not if you're an aristocrat. You wouldn't get good press, though. Be like that rich tearaway, you know. Ooh. Yeah, there's people in Made in Chelsea, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I should really watch more than thing? five episodes so I could actually make proper jokes about it. Not five episodes, five minutes, sorry. If only Made in Chelsea got involved with fatal duels, just watching them kill each other would be so much fun. Do you think they'd know how to do it? That'd make it even more fun. Actually, you know what? If they went to, like, the posh boarding schools, they teach fencing there. Do they? Pretty sure they do. I think that's something you sign up for. Okay, so it's not compulsory. No, no. I I should know that because we're posh Brits, remember, that worked for the BBC. Oh, Oh, yes. Yeah. I did loads of fencing when I was Yes, I did it all the time. Then I played badminton. Yeah. One time I mixed up my instruments and sliced the shuttlecock in half. Oof. It wasn't the first time I slashed a cock in half. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Okay, let's carry on. Yeah, I I don't know what that was. (laughs) 
Yeah, and so her career continued despite all this, and she's in several operas that I've never heard of and don't particularly care about. (laughs) (laughs) She retired in, I think, 1705, and then she died in 1707, and she was only 33. So all this had happened in 20-odd years or so. She'd lived a life. Yeah, she packed a lot in. That, That surprised me, like, 33, even, like, for the age, for... An aristocrat, that's still kind of young. I wonder where she's buried, because she doesn't have a grave, does she? No. In those, like, underground catacombs. Yeah. Maybe. Wouldn't surprise me if that's because of her uh, reputation, maybe. Yeah, I mean, her husband's not going to fork out to bury her. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty certain her lovers won't. Yeah. I'm, I would have thought her father might have been dead by that point as well, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Her last years were spent in the convent, apparently, so... She ended up in a convent anyway. She didn't set this one on fire, though. Why did she go to the convent? I just think that's what you did in those days. A lot of people ended up there. Sounds very depressing. Yeah. How much fun can you have in a convent, especially a woman like her? (laughs) Oh, they're a laugh at me. Could you imagine? She probably tried to turn the nuns into lesbians. Yeah. Fell in love with the nuns. I don't she was quite depressed, though, because the last person she was in a relationship with had died recently, so she probably wasn't... Or faked his death to get away from her. This was a woman. This was okay, a woman. or faked her death to get away from her. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me. She does seem quite handful for anyone it's not necessarily a bad thing but you're never going to be bored are you with her no true i mean you might fear for your life but you're never going to be bored <laughs> she does sound fun <laughs> i like i like the fact she's just constantly beating people up shopkeepers yeah landing. just like I was, not even for a lady just for anyone i mean how'd they get away with that the aristocrats in paris jesus christ yeah i'm, I'm not condoning necessarily what she did but it is kind of cool. Mm, I, I, I like to think that she'd get punished. Um, she seemed to get away with it, like, didn't she? I know. Maybe that's why she ends up in a nur- nunnery and maybe yeah. she killed herself. Yeah. We don't know. Do you know how she died? No, you don't. No. She could have killed herself because she wound up in a nunnery because of all the shit she'd done. Yeah. All that shit that went down. Yeah, but then again, the rich, the upper class... In Paris, in that time, they usually did what they wanted anyway. So I don't yeah. think the debauchery would be that much of an issue. There's kind of a big hypocrisy there, because Louis Fourteenth was famous for... I mean, his cock was anywhere, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he did. Anywhere and anywhere. Did men too, apparently. Yeah. And he pardoned a lot of people that like got done for dueling anyway. If, yeah. If they were on his social level. Yeah, but a woman, though. That's the thing. She fucked him. He probably let her get away with it. Maybe. Maybe. But he, I don't think she did fuck him, so... Hey, we don't know. No. Did she have any children? No, I don't think so. She was lucky to have not gotten pregnant. I think they all were around that time. But abortions, they were a thing still. They were dangerous, but they were a thing. Yeah, well, she had no abortions that we know of. The only, the only one thing I should add, some of the stories, the truthfulness, like, the, she did, apparently she did do a lot of what, said, but there may be like slight things that are slightly kind of touched up over the years. Yeah, like she probably didn't burn down the whole nunnery. Like she set fire to a mattress, probably. She, she might have set fire to a room. I'm not sure about she did say set fire to a convent. Yeah, because I, I'm pretty sure you can't get away with that. Yeah, especially in a religious country. I don't. She did get sentenced to death, though. Yeah, but like, you'd assume that they'd, you know, go through with it. But yeah, but she escaped. So. Yeah, but she was still in France. Yeah, well, you remember the times, I think, 
it wasn't like you could just phone up someone in another city and say, you've got someone we want. No, use it's a carrier a lot pigeon, apparently. To, all right, all right. <laughs> use a fucking carrier pigeon, then. <laughs> Why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah, because they're really good, they are. <laughs> You're the one that said they were reliable enough to have medals. They were reliable in the war. Yeah, but a pigeon's going to take days, isn't it? That shit's going to keep stopping to eat some bread on the floor. Yeah. Mm. Ah, maybe they weren't that good after all. Possibly not. But they still got medals, so, you know, I'm on the pigeon side with this one. I've won awards that are undeserved. Does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> At least I've won shit, Matt. I, I got swimming kind of... Everyone got the bloody swimming certificate. I, I did proper swimming, though. I did lessons. Everyone had swimming lessons. I did them after school didn't just do them at school. Well, technically, I didn't do mine at school either because we didn't have a swimming pool. Because I, I, I'm sorry to shock listeners, but we're not actually posh. I went to a state school. Ew. Yeah. So did you, Matt. How awful for you. So did you, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretending. <laughs> yeah, you're worse than me. What? Actually, you actually went to school. And where did you go to school? At school? Yeah, where did you go to school? Because uh, you moved everywhere. Uh, well, I didn't move everywhere. Um, I, I was at a school in Hawley. I was at school in Yorkshire. And I was Jesus at a college Christ. in Leicester. So you were at a school in Yorkshire? Yeah. Where people, people get off with their cousins in Yorkshire, don't they? No, that is not Yorkshire. That is the West Country. Oh, sorry. That's nearby, though, isn't it? In Yorkshire, everyone's farmers and... There's possibly something with animals, maybe. (laughs) That's better. Well, at least you can't do crossbreeding. No, not not that we know of. (laughs) None of my schools exist anymore. Don't they? They all get well. My primary school was merged with someone else, so it's no longer called what it was. Yeah. Um, my secondary school turned into an academy, so it's no longer called what it was. Yeah. My college is all right. Academies, boo. Why? They're bad. You don't have to go. I know. You don't have any kids, so what are you worrying about? I'm just saying, boo. Don't like them. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. I'm just uh, my school was pretty my shit, so it makes no difference to me, and I'm not there anymore. Yeah, well, my not... brother's actually done okay in the academy. Yeah. My, my schools were all right when I was there. Um, I'm not, I'm not very, actually basing. They were, they were generally all right schools when I was there. But um, the school that I was at in Yorkshire, that's now, that went into special measures really? a couple of years ago, yeah. And uh, last year they had an incident where the head teacher said that anti-fracking protesters were as bad as ISIS, which uh, didn't go down too well. And you were getting offended for me insulting Yorkshire schools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're allowed to be offended. Yeah. You're not allowed to say it. (laughs) If you say so. You're not Yorkshire. Well, my my secondary school failed Ofsted before I got there. And it got better, but I don't know, I still didn't think it was that great. And clearly no one else did because it turned into an academy just after I left. That's the way it's going for a lot of schools, though. Yeah, most of them are academies now anyway. Yeah, mm. for profit. Yeah, not for well, like, Life actually kids. matters. The generations were getting more and more stupid every year, anyway. Like, why what? waste the money on their education? The, despite the fact that the exam rates kept going up. Yeah, but like the boundaries were getting lower. Mm. I don't know about that. Apparently, they were. Yeah, they always debated that, but it was always old people saying that, though. But they can't have everyone failing, or like the school fails. Yeah, true. Say when we were in uni, all of us did shit. The lecturers ha- would have to lower their grading boundaries so we'd actually pass because they can't have everyone fail. Yeah. So don't fucking take exam results as, like, anything because it's just talk to these kids to face-to-face. 
Most of them are fucking morons. There are some good ones out there, I'm not going to lie. Mm. But, like, if you took a sample of them, say you had 100 kids in front of you, how many of them are actually going to be productive members of society, do you think? I'd still say 60, 70%. I'd say 40. Nah, I'd say 60, 70. Mm, do you know? I'd look at their parents and then probably judge by that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, come on, no, seriously, if your parents are lazy, if you've got parents that are lazy on the doll popping out kids, that's what the kids are surrounded by, eh, they'll probably just go ahead with that. Yeah, but uh, Whereas that's if not what got, everyone's like, though. You forget, I see a large sample of people every day uh, from you all see, walks from of people life. people around where you are, though. No, 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 no. Well, I work in various different places, Matt. Well, how many places? Three, well, two now. Well, two? Yeah. That's still only two places out of... Still. ...the many places in this country. I'm sorry, did you want me to go to Yorkshire as well? Yeah, go to Yorkshire. Do you want me to go to Yorkshire and, you know... You might find it a bit racist, though. I'd like to stab that in. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Any place out... I physically can't go to any other place because they might be a bit too racist. Yeah, as I say, you might be all right in Leicester because it's quite multicultural in Leicester. Mm. Bradford's not... A great place to go. I thought Bradford was full of brown people. Th- that's the the problem for some people there. <laughs> yeah, but then quite... like I'd be in the majority rather than the minority. Uh, I don't think it's kind of half and half. Though. I always get really weirded out by all these racial issues, people hating each other because of people, their race. Because I grew up in central London. It's an everyday occurrence that you'd see many people of many faces. Yeah, but London's always kind of different, though. It's always had different cultures mixing. Yeah, like, you lot should be more like Londoners. Calm the fuck down, people. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. So we've lost our BBC way. Yeah. But I think I swore less in this episode than I have in previous episodes, so... Yeah. I think it was, like, three or four I rather know. than 15. Feels weird, that does, doesn't it? Yeah, but then again, I didn't really say much this episode. Yeah. Because you had the knowledge and I had the corrections. Thank you. I always have the corrections. I love how even when I've done, like, the limited amount of research and you've, like, researched everything, yeah, I can still correct you. Pronunciations aren't my strong point. Yeah, like last week, Josephine Baker. I'd barely done any research on her. Yeah, you did get her name wrong, though, so... Yeah, for about an hour. Yeah. I got the name wrong and carried on, and then I still didn't realise I was getting the name wrong, even though I was reading it. (laughs) And I had it written down right, and for some reason I kept saying Barker. See, that's the problem I find. You start saying something, then you realise you're saying it wrong yeah anyway i think um i think that was it on uh, uh julie or julie 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 i've already forgotten her surname uh the orbney julie de orbney mademoiselle julie uh de morpin actually that's her married name de morpin yeah. anyway she sounds interesting that's all i'm gonna say she does she does i mean has there been a movie about her no surprising not there's been there's like a novel that was they kind of used her life as a starting point, but it was a kind of fictional account of her life, so it wasn't really much to actually do about her life, so... Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you not see, like, a correlation between historical figures that we've done? The males seem to have some sort of background and, like, books and theatrical portrayals, mm. whereas the women don't. Yeah. I think the problem is, with France, it's bloody, um, what's her face? Marie Antoinette. She gets all the bloody limelight. Yeah, like, she's not even that interesting. She's got her head cut off or something like that. Plenty of people got beheaded. Mm. Plenty of people have had worse. At least her head got cut off. Yeah. 
I mean, she wasn't like, you know, starved to death or mm. tortured to death or sconed to death. Yes, I said sconed. Sconed. <laughs> sconed to I death. I would actually enjoy that, I think, being Yeah, but what if the scones are hard? They've gone all stale. Might hurt. You can't eat it. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what would freak me out, like a baked good that is no good. Or oh, hitting you right in the forehead. Ooh. Yeah. That's worse than getting stoned. Yeah. Because you see something so beautiful coming at you, and then you're just like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah, that, that's tragic, isn't it, yeah. actually? Fucking hell. Yeah. That's how British we are. We're talking about scones. Yeah. Getting at least you don't say there. scone. Oh, I hate people. I don't like the scone. It's yeah. scone. It's like I say to people, you don't say stone, do you, when you're talking about stone? God. But you say sociopath. 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 It's sociopath. Um, yeah, I just get taught to say, you know, I say bath instead of bath. Because so, it's bath. So I say sociopath. You know, it's just the way, it's just the way I was brought up. <sighs> I can't help that. And I think we've drifted quite away from... I, I feel so sorry for you sometimes. What? Just... just... The lack of knowledge of, like, certain things. Just to oh. feel bad for you. You know, those sociopaths, they, they don't mind me calling them that. I, I give them a degree of credibility, I think. How so? By pronouncing their name like that. I think you're going to end up with, like, a, a squirrel's head in a box through your letterbox. Squirrel heads. Where do you get that from? I don't know. I just thought of any animal. And you thought a squirrel. A mighty animal. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. That is that's the only the one animal that I see you most often. Do. Yeah. Oh, uh, except, oh man, I saw. No, I'm not going to talk about that. It was too disgusting. Why not? Uh, on the way to work the other week, I was walking down the road, and there's loads of trees and like a um, a wall as well. It's just a low wall. Oh, right, and I yeah. just looked around, and then I just saw something red. It was a squirrel. Squirrel. Oh, a grey squirrel. In a, a pool of red. Oh, oh, oh. Like, I don't know how it got there. It must have just fallen off a tree somehow, but I don't know how, like, it was open. Sure it wasn't run over at all? No, no, it wasn't on the road, it was on the wall. Oh. So, like, it was open. So, oh. I don't know how it got there. There was no trailer blood, so it's not like a cat could have carried it over. Well, perhaps a bird. Oh, no, I'm not... <laughs> Perhaps a bird called You're the one that made me talk about it. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be lovely about, like, you know, you saw a red squirrel or something like that. And, when um, I said, oh, no, I don't want to talk about it, you thought it was going to be lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, flawed logic, but I just wanted to hear what animal it was. Could you just wait until after we finish recording? Nah, uh, I'm impatient. Poor squirrel. Yeah, poor squirrel. I was actually crying a lot in the cinema. So I don't know if I have a bad reaction to 3D or if it's the glasses on glasses because I wasn't emotional, but I couldn't. The tears wouldn't stop. Uh, yeah, I have that. It's quite dark, isn't it, in cinemas? So no, not ju- n- regular cinema screens. I'm okay with, but I went to see it 3D IMAX. Yeah, maybe so 3D I, does affect you. Because 3D usually gives me a headache, which explains why I've been feeling so shitty, yeah. and I'm used to that. But look, the tears was crying non-stop. Yeah. I, I find the 3D rarely makes much of a difference. I can watch most of the film without the glasses. Oh, yeah, I know. It was just, no, but the thing is, the t- I would rather have gone to see it 2D, but mm. the 2D one started at 2 o'clock, and we had to yeah. record. So I'm just like, oh, if it starts at 2 o'clock, it's actually not going to start until about half 2. Yeah. And it's two hours long. It won't finish till half 3. Kids get out of school. It'll take me forever to get home. I'm going to need to eat, and then we're good, and then I need some time to just chill. Yeah. And then we have to do this. And I was like, fuck it. No, I went to the 1131, 
which is the 3D IMAX one. Yeah. That's how much I want to avoid kids. I only go to the cinema on a weekday during the day <laughs> in the morning. And even if it means going, actually, I like going by myself now. Yeah. It's nice to go by myself. You see, you criticise me for eating on my own. No, I think it's liberating if you can do that. But to listeners out there, I'd suggest start going to the cinema by yourself because you're not looking around to see your friend's reaction at shit. All you're looking at is the screen. You're yeah. not missing anything. And also, you can't fuck off to the toilet because there's no one there to watch your stuff. So you're not going to miss anything. Literally not going to miss anything. Also, you don't really need friends at the cinema because during the film you shouldn't be talking. Yeah, exactly. You're not like the wankers above me. Like, seriously, the, the screen was Ugh. practically empty. Mm, they were doing that. Yeah, the people that were sitting behind me, there had to be two people sitting behind me and they had to be chatting. And just like, ah, oh, remake after remake. I'm just like, you knew it was a re... Well, it wasn't even a remake, it was a reboot. Yeah. But you knew what it was before you came to watch the film. Why are you fucking coming to watch the film and complaining? Why are you spending £17 to complain? Each. £17 each. Yeah. Wankers. I know, it's just not on. To be fair, they only made one comment, but it's still enough to annoy me. Yeah. People, in general... Just yeah, people are wankers. Why do you have to talk? It's no, there's no need. There's no need. I say we all have whiteboards around our neck. Yeah, just, just live in silence. That's, yeah. That's like what I try and do most of the time. Maybe I should like have a whiteboard around my neck so people think I can't talk. Yeah. And then I take really long to write. Yeah. So they have to walk away from me because it takes too long. Yeah, they get bored. Yeah. And plus, if you've got nothing interesting to say as well. so True, true. Yeah. It's hard to make small talk with people that can't talk about fuck all when they're boring yeah they're wankers too yeah because they're wankers that don't know they're wankers yeah yeah <laughs> are you talk about anyone in particular no no oh. of course not they're wankers that don't realize that um the person they're having a conversation with the, the conversation on their part is one-sided yeah. they're not actually getting any response from the small talkers ah uh, yeah mm. such wankers wankers yeah we should really start wrapping this up soon. We should. We should. All right. So we goodbye. Say goodbye. 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 Goodbye, lis- goodbye, listeners. And join us tomorrow at six o'clock for BBC News. Au revoir, fuckers. <laughs> six o'clock news, Matt. Six o'clock oh. pre-watershed. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir, Limerd. Goodbye.